Holy Spirit, living breath of God, breathe new life into my willing soul. Bring the presence of the risen Lord to renew our hearts and make us whole. Cause your word to come alive in me. Give us faith for what we can't see. And give us passion for your purity. Holy Spirit, breathe new life in me. Amen. It's been 50 days since Easter. 50 days of praying. 50 days of anticipation. 50 days of wondering what comes next. During these past 50 days, we've traveled through the Holy Land from Jacob's Well to the Dead Sea. And in the words of John the Baptist, we have prepared the way through water anticipating the one who John says will come to baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. For 50 days, similar to us, the believers in the upper room did well in their waiting, praying, anticipating, expecting, and wondering. We see that when the day of Pentecost came, their time of waiting, it pays off when they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they were plunged into the streets filling those around with great wonder and the words coming from their tongues. Acts chapter 2 is the place where this moment called Pentecost is captured. We heard that read earlier from Reverend Alan Black. Thank you for reading that so well for us and detailing that story so well for us. But Acts 2 is the place where this moment called Pentecost is captured. And for us Christians... Pentecost is celebrated around the world as the moment in history that the church was spirit-baptized and spirit-born, fulfilling the promise by John the Baptist years before. So this week, as I was preparing for today, as I was looking at Acts chapter 2, I thought, you know, we always uh, use this scripture for today for good reason. But this question I struggled with this week was how do we remember Pentecost effectively? Is it by simply reading and remembering what Acts chapter 2 says? Or is it by looking at how Pentecost happened? What caused it to happen? How do we as a church celebrate Pentecost not only just as a remembrance of what has happened in the past, but instead as a hope for what can and what will continue to happen? Pentecost wasn't a one moment. Pentecost started there and it's still continuing through the lives of the believers today. The Holy Spirit is available to us today, to those who are willing to, and asking and seeking for the Holy Spirit to come into their hearts and into their lives. And we as the church, we do a really good job of remembering where we have seen the Spirit at work in the past. But lately, 
what we don't do very well as the church is giving room for the Holy Spirit to work and move in the present. So I took all this into consideration. I also took into consideration that in the whole history of the church, it's never been more evident that what the body of Christ, the church, needs more than ever today is activity from the Holy Spirit. I took all this into account, and I chose instead for our Scripture to be from Acts chapter 1, when Jesus gives them direction on how to obtain the Holy Spirit. So my hope for today, for us today, is to find what Pentecost means for us in this moment. How, what do we do to receive the Holy Spirit? How can we be filled with the joy of God's active presence? How can we use this opportunity today to move beyond simple remembrance into the reality that the church, that the Holy Spirit can move in the same way in our lives, that the Holy Spirit can move in the same way in our communities and in the same way in our church. Our answers to these questions, as always, are found in the Word of God. So I invite you to turn with me to Acts chapter 1. And I want us, there's a piece of Acts chapter 1 that's important, the word together. So I want us to read this together from our pew Bible in front of you. It's the NRSV version in case you don't have one in front of you. I want us to read this together from our pew Bible in front of you, beginning with verse 1 and ending with verse 8. Let's stand together and let's boldly proclaim the word of our Lord. We'll begin with verse 2. Until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convicting proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it's not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by His own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And I believe it. You may be seated. There's a few words in Acts chapter 1 that really stick out to me. And these words help direct us 
and teach us how we can receive the Holy Spirit and live in the Holy Spirit. Wait, receive, and witness. Wait, receive, witness. Jesus' commands to the apostles are clear. He says, wait for what has been promised, the Holy Spirit. Receive what was promised, the Holy Spirit. And use that power given by the Holy Spirit to witness to the ends of the earth about what Jesus has done for you. Wait, receive, witness. Galatians 5.5 5 says, For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. I've never been very good at, at waiting. Can anyone say amen to that? <laughs> Especially when it comes to something that you find on Amazon, that you tell yourself that you need. For example, this week, um, Morgan has been um, asking me... Uh, uh, for many days to wash the dishes and um, I'm not very good at washing dishes either so I got on Amazon and I, I don't know how these phones hear us or they hear our minds I don't know how that works but I got on Amazon and there were these little disc dishwasher like it's a little dishwasher um, that you stick in your sink and it washes um, <laughs> it washes your dishes for you <laughs> At the moment, we don't, we don't have a dishwasher currently. Um, so I thought, you know, uh, I need this. And I ended up spending a little more money just to get it the next day. So we live in this consumeristic world where when we buy something, we want it now. On our doorstep by the end of the day or by the next morning. But sometimes things just take time. Sometimes you have to wait, but the wait is always worth the reward. In baking, for example, you can't fake the bake. If the cake or the bread was baked for the wrong amount of time, too short or too long, it just doesn't turn out right. You can't hurry the process or extend the process. The ingredients must be right, but the timing must also be just as right as well. So there was a reason that Jesus told his disciples in Acts chapter 1 to wait. There was a reason that he didn't just give them the Holy Spirit immediately, but he asked them to wait. Because the period of waiting was crucial for their empowerment. These waiting days were necessary to enable the disciples to realize their need, their nothingness, their failures, and their dependence upon their teacher and their master. They had to be emptied completely first before they would be filled. The time of waiting created in them a thirst that could only be quenched by God, the Holy Spirit Himself. They were in a place of total dependence on the Holy Spirit because Jesus left them and ascended to the Father just days before the day of Pentecost. And the, the disciples, they weren't supermen. They were just like you and me, and they needed God's Holy Spirit to accomplish the task of taking this message of Jesus to others. Taking this time to wait is what the disciples needed. 
taking this time to wait granted them the realization that they needed Jesus to help them fulfill their calling to be a witness of him to the world. So, waiting. Don't ever take advantage of a time of waiting. Sometimes waiting, I know, I know sometimes waiting can seem counterproductive and useless. But maybe you're waiting in the wrong way. Look and model the ways that the disciples waited. They waited prayerfully, patiently, expectantly, and most importantly, knowingly. They knew Jesus was going to do what he told them he would do. Think of all the things that the disciples had been through in the last 50 days and the stress that they were under in that moment. Their master, their teacher, brutally murdered, killing their hope. He was raised from the dead on the third day, restoring their hope. And just days before Pentecost, Jesus ascends to heaven, leaving them feeling lost all over again. But knowing that Jesus would do as he promised by sending the Holy Spirit to guide them, but they just didn't know when, they just had to wait. The key to waiting effectively is to remain still in the breakdown, not becoming impatient with the wait, but hopeful that the breakthrough will come. The body of Christ in every generation has suffered with impatience. We are always in a spiritual hurry, and hurry has many manifestations. But I've come to learn that we are not in a hurry. The hurry is in us. For all the seemingly right reasons, we pursue the wrong goals. The hurry is within us, and the Spirit will resist the hurry by giving us the grace to wait patiently, prayerfully, expectantly, and knowingly, removing the hurry and anything else inside of us that the Spirit resists for the waiting to prune into receiving. And most of us can pinpoint that moment of pruning in our lives. Most of us can pinpoint the moment that we expected, that we experienced the Holy Spirit for the first time. Maybe it was wise words from a peer or someone you looked up to. Maybe it was wise words from your pastor when you were a child. Maybe it was from a song on the radio. Maybe it was during a worship service surrounded by your church family. Maybe it was when you first held your brand new baby boy. Or maybe it was when you were jobless, hopeless, and without any sense of direction. And the Holy Spirit came alongside of you and said, I can do something, and we can do something together. One thing is certain. What I found is that the Holy Spirit sticks close to His identity as a companion and comforter. And He will come alongside you in your life when you are vulnerable. In our feelings of humble powerlessness, the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us and He says, I can do something in your life and we can do something together. 
God's powerful breath brings order to the chaos of our lives, life to a valley of dry bones, and strength to our yearning hearts, empowering us to be like Jesus in the world. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And when the Spirit comes upon man, hearts are filled with Jesus, who empowers him to be his witness and his sphere of influence. The Holy Spirit will rest on him. Wisdom will shine through his words. Understanding of himself, others, and the seen and unseen world around him will color his actions and speech. Counsel will flow from the Father through the clear conduit of his heart, making his bondage-breaking touch one that brings profound deliverance. Knowledge will be at his fingertips. Reverence, awe, and fear of the Lord will be the tones sounding within every word he speaks. And tying it all together, Jesus will delight in offering everything, all the wisdom, all the understanding, the counsel, the might, the knowledge, and the reverence for one goal, to bring glory to His Father who is in heaven. Where does this Spirit reside? For the followers of Jesus, it's in you and me. Called to be like Him in this broken world. The Spirit empowers us to express Jesus' ministry with transcendent love. Partnering with the Father in the dismantling of the works of the evil one. Followers of Jesus are filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can live and delight in a Jesus kind of way. As someone said in our children's chat earlier, He is our North Star for daily living. He is our direction. And it's only by following Jesus' words that we can truly wait. That we can readily receive and boldly witness about all that Jesus has done for us. This is my hope for you today. That we no longer take for granted the promise of Pentecost. But we use the opportunity of today to wait, receive, and witness. If you became like Jesus through His Holy Spirit in your daily life, if you learned His ways, if you cared for the poor, if you ministered to the weak and to the vulnerable, if you would do what you can to help set captives free, if you waited on the Lord, if you invited the Holy Spirit to be in your heart, what could happen? What could happen in a heart? What could happen in a life? What could happen in a home? What could happen in our church? What could happen in this world? What could happen? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and His understanding no one can fathom. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. 
Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. That's what happens when you wait. In your waiting, may you be filled with the joy of God's presence. In your receiving, may you find comfort and companionship. And in your witness, may you boldly proclaim how much the Lord has done for you and how He has had mercy on you. Let us pray, and I want to invite you to repeat this covenant prayer with me. Just repeat it after me. Lord, I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you. Laid aside for you. Exalted for you. Brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to your pleasure. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine, and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven.